Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Well, we're nearing the end of another session of the Texas Legislature. Less than two weeks to go, about 11 days, I think, is the, the right count. And the question becomes, how are conservatives, how are Christians, how is Texas faring in this legislative session? Well, that's what we're going to look at today on this episode, episode 128 of the Liberty Cafe. Hi, this is Bill Peacock, and it's blessed, I'm blessed to have you here with me today on the Liberty Cafe to join in and listen to what's going on here from a from a conservative, from a Christian perspective, trying to understand what's happening in our state and our nation and the world today. Also greatly blessed to have Texas Scorecard as the sponsor of the Liberty Cafe. So please go over there to TexasScorecard.com and see what you can find out about what's happening, particularly really what's happening right now in the Texas legislature is as it comes to an end. Well, as I said, we're going to do a quick preview of the end of the Texas legislature. Now, we're not quite there yet, 11 days or so to go. Uh, the legislature usually ends on Memorial Day, or it does, I think, three out of every four sessions, and this is one of those sessions that it will do that. So where are we this close to the end of the session? Well, of course, we could wait for another couple of weeks and do a post-mortem, and we might do that. But, but I think there's a lot we can learn already from where they are, what they've accomplished, what they haven't accomplished, and what they're likely not to accomplish this session. And I want to look at this from the perspective of the sons of Issachar. Now, the, the sons of the Issachar, or they're mentioned in the Bible, 1 Chronicles 12, 32. It says, Of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Well, the, these sons of Issachar, or men of Issachar, were part of the mighty men who came behind King David when he became a king of Israel and Judah and Israel. And these were the people who came to support him. And as you can see, understanding the times is a very important thing, attribute that men, people ought to have, because it helps us understand what we ought to do. Uh, looking at this uh, from a more a secular perspective, but I still think very appropriate, is Peter Drucker. So Peter Drucker, uh, the, uh, the guru on organizations and businesses, once wrote, The most important thing, the most important work of the executive is to identify changes that have already happened. The important challenge in society, economics, politics is to exploit the changes that have already occurred and, and to use them as opportunities. The important thing is to identify the future that has already happened and to develop a methodology for perceiving and analyzing these changes. So, so what Drucker is talking about there, and I, I didn't get all this on my own. I was thinking about how to talk about the Texas legislature in my podcast this week, I uh, turned to Pastor Douglas Wilson, who recently uh, wrote about this on, on his website, blog and my blog. So you, you might want to go over there and read what he had to say about the times generally. He wasn't talking about Texas, but it's well worth reading. But what Peter Drucker is saying here is that really, when you look at uh, today, 
a lot of things have already happened that are going to shape our future. And if we don't react to them properly, we, we might get a future that we don't like. And that seems to be the problem today when it comes to things going on in, in not just Texas, but in our culture generally, that a lot of bad things have been happening. And that portends a, a tough future for us if we don't, as conservatives and Christians, react appropriately. That appropriately both means timely and the strength of our reaction to that and just our understanding of, well, the times and how they're going on. And if we fail to understand the times where we are today because of the changes that have already happened, we're not going to fare well in the future. Romans 13 also talks about this a little bit. Let me just read a little bit of that. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come to you from wake from sleep. So Romans, the, Paul in Romans is telling us, you know, you, you, we need to wake up and we need to realize what's happening around us today. And so what I want to do here uh, today is just look at the Texas legislature, what they've accomplished or what they haven't accomplished, and see what the signs of the times are for us as Christians and conservatives here in Texas. So I'm just going to go through some of the what I think are the key issues that are going on in the Texas legislature, not just because they're hot now, although most of them are, but because they're really defining issues of what Texas government uh, looks like and is going to look like in the future. And particularly, we ought to be able to look at this from a Christian biblical perspective and understand what this portends for the future. So I'm just going to run through a few of those right now. The first one is the budget. The Texas budget is going to be plus upwards of $300 billion this year. That's a radical increase from what it was just two years ago. For instance, uh, the, the Texas legislature this session has $78 billion in new funds to spend this session over what they appropriated in the last legislative session back in 2021. And what are they doing with that $78 billion? Well, about $50 billion of that is going toward new spending. Uh, about $20 billion or so will be left over. It, it, it'll depend. It, it, that could be down about 15 or so. But only somewhere between 10 to 14 billion of that is coming back to us in the form of property tax relief. So a very small amount of the money that is coming, that is new money, our new money, tax money coming into the Texas legislature is being returned to us. They had all this new funds, the $32 billion surplus, plus all the extra money over the next two years. They're not giving us much of that back. Now we've had some, some successes lately in at least increasing that. Uh, the House at least wants to increase the property tax relief to about $14 billion over the Senate's original $10 billion offer. So we are making some progress, but overall the government doesn't seem, our governors, both the governor himself and the lieutenant governor and the speaker and those members of the legislature who govern us in, in many ways, they don't seem very interested in giving us much of our money back. Instead, for instance, they are talking about spending $10 billion in interest-free loans to give to um, big businesses to build new generation plants. They're talking about spending an extra $7 billion on health and human services, which would also include 
Medicaid. They're they're talking about giving about four billion dollars to uh, energy companies to help them eliminate some of their debt from the past. Uh, they're going to do two point three billion dollars in hospital construction. All these they have all this money, and they're finding ways to spend it rather than giving it back to us. And, and so what I think that means from from our perspective is that today we have lost the battle over the size and scope of government generally because we we can't restrain the scope of government how it interferes with our life if we're not also restraining the size and for three legislative sessions now 19 21 and 23 now we have lost this battle and there is n no recognition except by really uh, there was about i think there's one or two negative votes against the budget this time almost zero recognition of how we are spending ourselves into oblivion in the Texas legislature. So that, that's not a good good sign. Let's move on to another issue, corporate welfare. And I think you know that is a, a short-cut term for just taking money from taxpayers, average, everyday taxpayers, and giving it to big corporations and businesses. And that is a... Also, it seems to be a lost cause in Texas these days. Some people, if you look at it from a biblical perspective, would call that theft. Because if a business tried to come and take my money and force it out of me, then they would be, they'd be fraud, theft, something like that. But if the business goes to the government and the government forces it out of me, it's called economic development funding. And, and that is... That seems to be a lost battle. We'll, we'll see. May The week of May 8th was uh, declared to be Economic Development Week by Governor Greg Abbott. And they went to, went to town in the Texas legislature that week trying to pass bills that would do just that, give corporate uh, corporations a lot of money. The, one of the, the big one, one of the big ones anyways, House Bill 5, this is the one that would replace uh, Chapter 313, which was property tax abatements for big corporations by school districts. The legislature, to its credit, let it die last session, and it is gone right now. It's still costing us billions of dollars because all the old programs, all the old subsidies out of that are still alive, the abatements from that. But at least the new program was dead. But now the House Bill 5 has passed the House, and it's over in the Senate. It's having a hearing actually today in the Texas um, Texas Senate, and it's uh, been moved to a very favorable committee, the Senate Business and Commerce Committee. So it looks like that it's on the fast track to passing. Now, it, I think it, it's also caught up in the bargaining chip, as a bargaining chip between the House and the Senate. But just the fact that the Texas Senate would use this as a bargaining chip to get its legislation passed through the House, and that legislation that it is using it for as a bargaining chip might be the $10 billion for electric generating companies. So basically the, uh, the, the Senate is, is using billions of dollars of our money to hold, uh, to get another billions of dollars of our money passed out of the Texas house. So that kind of tells you where we are on house bill um, five and corporate welfare. But there was also recently a bill house bill 4419 by Craig Goldman that came out of the house uh, which would provide new film subsidies of 60 to $70 million a year. And all the corporations want it, all the movies, 
theaters want it and the producers and those types of things. The city of Fort Worth wants it because they think they can take this money and make Fort Worth the new Hollywood or something like that. It's just, it's just out of control, corporate welfare in Texas. This is another loss because this is the government taking control of the economy and taking it out of the hands of workers and entrepreneurs and the, the people who want to do work from the ground up and exercise the d- dominion or the creation mandate to be fruitful and multiply and work the garden and fill the earth. Instead, this money will be going to people who want to make their profits off the work of other people. That's not the way Bible designed things. All right, so let's move on to another thing. Of course, a big issue in the Bible, part of who we are as human beings is that we are made in God's image, male and female, God created us. But of course, as we all know, that is being turned upside down in the world today. It's not a new thing, but it's becoming radically uh, enhanced in recent days, in recent years. Uh, and that's both the homosexuality issue, just uh, you know, queerness from that perspective, but also queerness from the, uh, the perspective of uh, a man can become a woman now, or a woman can become a man. And this is striking right at God, because if we are not made in God's image, that is, if we're not made male and female, man and woman, then it kind of says, okay, if we're not made like that, then we're not made in God's image, and there's no maker. We just were random pieces of dust that happen to be formed the way we are today. And so we're just going to take God out of the picture. And that's really what these issues are ultimately about. Fortunately, there is some progress, positive progress going on in this. The Senate Bill 15 looks like it will pass the legislature. That will protect female athletes in college from having to compete and go into locker rooms with men who want to pretend like they're women. Then there's a Senate Bill 14, which is uh, which would prohibit a surgical or chemical um, uh, mutilation uh, for, for minors. That's a good thing, a very good thing. It looks like that's going to pass. And then there's uh, Senate Bill 12, which would prohibit minors going in drag shows and putting some other limits around these these trans drag shows. That's on the House calendar, I think, today. Maybe it's tomorrow, but I think today. And we don't know if it's going to pass. So, And this is a really core issue. So the the fact that these two or three of these bills might get through, that's really important. And it shows that that our society here in Texas hasn't, our culture hasn't completely lost its mind. But the fact that this is controversial shows that uh, we, we have a lot of problems in our culture here today. Then, of course, there, there's free speech. That's, one, that's a very Christian uh, ideal. There was no free speech in the world before Christianity came around. It was whatever speech the government allowed you to. But then this idea of unalienable rights, that we were made in God's image, and that we had certain rights to use and, and to exhibit and to act on, uh, came in because of the value of the person. And one of those is free speech. Now, you might not think that was the case from some of the things we saw in the Middle Ages where uh, the Catholic Church largely, but uh, other churches as well, burned people at the stake and, and executed them for their speech on religion. That was 
not biblical, and it was relatively minor compared to all the other assaults on individual rights from outside the church. But nonetheless, uh, we have to take that into consideration. But there's one bill, House Bill 1585, which passed the Texas House of Representatives, and, and it is just a complete assault on free speech, particularly political speech. It, it, would, um, it would regulate and cause people to, to have to register and pay fees if they uh, just criticize a, a lawmaker while publicly advocating for or against legislation. I mean, that could happen on my podcast here. Right? And I, I often say, let's pass this bill or let's don't pass this bill, and here's the lawmakers involved in that. I don't know if that would bring me into this uh, thing or not, but it, it just well might. Second, it would also require those who engage in this activity to file reports with the Texas Ethics Commission, which are, it's a bad group of folks over there generally. Uh, they, well, at least let me put it this way. They've done a lot of bad things over the years. And then third, it would require anyone who promotes a candidate for speaker to pay up to $750 to register as a lobbyist. So if I wanted to come onto my show here, perhaps, I haven't gone into the details of the legislation and tell you, for instance, that Dade Phelan is not a good candidate and you ought to vote for Tony Tenderholt or whoever it might be and put this out on the air. Then again, I or somebody else who does something similar would have to register lobbyists or be threatened by fines by the Texas Ethics Commission. And this bill passed the Texas House 131 to 14. It's amazing. What's, of course, going on here is that members of the Texas legislature, particularly in this case the Texas House, don't want us citizens messing in their business. And they're willing to put, take the laws of Texas and turn them against us to keep us quiet. That's not a good thing, and it's not good for the state of uh, the union here in, in Texas. And then finally, just let me uh, talk about uh, education a little bit, well, and election integrity after that. And all I'll say about education is that that's the core, the, the core place where kids learn about things today, for many kids anyway. They, they learn about, well, for one thing, they learn that there's no place for God in education. That's one thing they learn. They learn that it's okay to be transsexual or gay or queer. They, they don't learn much about math, though, or about writing in many instances, things like that. And that, that's true both in higher education, particularly in higher education, but also in K-12 through education. Yet billions and billions of dollars more are going towards uh, more spending for education. The number for higher ed is over $5 billion in additional spending. It's a little harder to figure it out for uh, for K through 12, but I, I would suggest at least another five billion, if not more, is going to be winding up going to uh, K through 12 education by the time this session is over. Meanwhile, when it comes to school choice, um, maybe maybe it, school choice is going to get a billion dollars a year, and that's the Senate's deal. It'll be tens of millions if if we get what comes out of the House if anything comes out of the House and goes to the governor. Now, the governor's threatened a veto uh, on this bill in a special session on, on this topic. But nonetheless, you can see where their priorities are. Public education still rules in Texas, and, and this is a system of public education that essentially denies that God exists. And then finally, election integrity. Uh, and we, we all know what's going on with election integrity. Free and fair elections are a... 
you know, if, if we don't have those, we can't have a democratic republic. It, it turns into an oligarchy at the very best. And if not, some kind of dictatorship being run out of Washington, D.C. By, by the folks up there. And um, we, we've seen the problems in, in Texas. We've seen the problems around the country. And um, election integrity bills are having a really hard problem. Matter of fact, at this point in time, it's not clear that any will pass. Uh, maybe a couple will pass that would, um, would, would improve the way we go through the voting list. And another one that would uh, make a felony, voter fraud, that used to be a felony until the legislature, and I think in 2019, made it a misdemeanor. Right? That, and that was a deal behind the doors that made that happen. So there's election integrity. So all these issues coming together, when I look at them, yes, there is some, there are some good things that happen that might happen this session as we move towards the finish line of the Texas legislature. But overall, I'd have to say that we are in a situation where we have this big problem, and as I've said before, the big problem with big government today is that it wants to be like God. It wants to rule our families. It wants to rule who we are as men and women. It wants to rule our elections. It wants to rule our children and what they learn. It wants to rule the economy take over the economy. It wants to rule our lives, and there doesn't seem to be any recognition among the leadership in the Texas legislature and in our state that this is going on. They don't be able, they don't, they aren't able to see, it seems, um, what has happened in the past. They, they have a hard time understanding the times. They have a hard time understanding that to identifying the future that has already happened, according to Peter Drucker. And so let me just finish with this quote from Romans 13. It's a little bit I didn't read earlier, because I think this will help us understand where we need to go going forward if we're going to set things right, turn the world so our world's kind of upside down right now. But but Jesus Christ is turning it right side up, and it's our part of our work to through him and in him to join in that process of turning it right side up. And here's a quote from Romans that will help us see that path forward. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So if we want to know the time so that we can wake from sleep, this is what we're going to have to do. Well, thank you once again for joining me on this week's episode of the Liberty Cafe. And thanks, as always, to the great sponsors of Texas, uh, the Liberty Cafe, Texas Scorecard. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.